Happy to be here today. God is so kind to us here in America, isn't He? We can come right in here and serve Him, talk about Him all we want, and we'll just make a few people mad, right? Yeah, just a few people because they don't want to believe how good He is. But we'll keep telling them anyway because they really do want to know. You realize how many people that don't believe God's good, they really do want to believe God's good. They've just been messed up all their life with other junk, and they don't know because we serve a good God doing good things, and that's what we're going to talk about. If you don't like that message, you'll like it before you leave. All right? You don't get a choice. I'm not going to say you can't like it. You'll like it before you leave. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Well, let's look at the Word today. The title of the message today is No Strings Attached. Amen? We don't want any strings attached, do we? Well, God's not a strings attached God. You know it? When He gives, He gives, and everything He gives, He gives to us. For our benefit, right? Not for His benefit. How many know God could have gotten along forever? Right? Right? But for our benefit, everything He did, He did. Right? Everything that Jesus did was for our benefit. Amen? And God does everything with a pure heart. Amen? Okay. So, oh, what are you getting at that, Dave? Well, I don't know. We'll find out. I didn't get anywhere near these notes last time I looked at them, so we'll look at them again. Psalm 19, verse 8 is where we want to start today. You know, the one thing about it is we want to look at God as who we want to be. Right? We're trying to, you know, everybody wants to be like someone. Right? <laughs> People say, no, I'm, I'm a lone wolf. No, they're trying to be like somebody, right? Somebody they saw they thought was cool, right? Well, God is the, be- the best and the greatest, and there's no one else better to be like than God. And when we, want, when we decide to be a giver, when we decide to be a server, when we decide whatever we're going to do, we want to do it the same way God would do it. Amen? And so we first had to find out how God would do it. Right? And then we can find out how He would ask us to do it. And then we can start changing because it's not the way we do it. Right? <laughs> you guys don't like that? 90% of the time, our thoughts aren't His thoughts. Right? We have to decide to think like Him. Right? You guys are going to come in? Come on. Come with me. Come with me. Hook on. I promise God will help us. Tell you what, let's pray before we get started. Father, we do pray over this word today, Lord, that it be your word, not the words of man, not a good idea, but a God idea, Lord. We pray that our hearts and our minds will be open to receive from you through your Holy Spirit and through the love that you put in us, Lord, that we would receive into the good soil of our hearts and do good things with it. And we thank you for it in advance and for all the good things it will do in us. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 19, verse 8. It says, the statutes of the Lord are right. You ever heard people say, I don't know, God's wrong. I don't know why He did that. God ain't ever wrong. Right? You know, there's things that He doesn't get to get involved in. There's a lot of, everybody says, well, God can do what He wants. You know, Brother Moore's been preaching on that. God chooses to work through people. Right? And how many know people can mess things up? Right? And so, uh, God's never wrong. Everything God does is right. Every choice He makes is right. 
And everything he says is going to come to pass. Amen? And it's just a matter of whether we're going to be involved or not. That's our choice, right? Amen. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. So not only are they right, you know, when people say, Oh, I've got to do this for the Lord. <laughs> you know, it's the Lord says do it, I've got to do it. <laughs> no, it says rejoicing the heart. <laughs> right? So if God asks you to do something or you see one of His laws and you're doing it like this, then you're reading it wrong. You know, when people say, Well, they're just trying to hold me back. No, God's trying to hold you up, not hold you back. Amen? And so if you find if, if God tells you something and it makes you look like this, then you read it wrong. Right? Because He did it for your benefit. First and foremost, the first thing we always need to know is that when God tells us to do something, it's always for our... When He tells you to give somebody $1,000, He didn't tell you just because they needed $1,000. It's going to benefit you. Every thought he has is about you and, the per- and people and your brothers and your sisters and people. Everything he thinks about. When he says give $1,000, he knows that's going to help you more than it helps the person you give it to. Amen? Depending on how you give it. Right? Now if you say, oh, my $1,000. Golly, I was, I was going to go have a big weekend with that $1,000. Well, here, enjoy it. <laughs> See, that doesn't rejoice your heart. <laughs> so if your heart's not rejoicing, you're doing it wrong. Amen? If you find yourself sad all the time, if you find yourself mad about something all the time, you're not listening to God, you're listening to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll move on a little bit. God, He doesn't think like that. Everything He does is for the benefit of others. Amen? For the benefit of me and you. It says, it says his, his statutes are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and enlightens the eyes. It's pure. He doesn't have an outside motive. See, people, we think sometimes God thinks like us because many times when we do something... We have another motive. Right? No, let me rephrase that. You guys don't. But sometimes in the past, when I was just not really, when I was a little baby Christian, I did things to manipulate a response. How many know that's not love? How many know that none of y'all have done that, but if you've ever thought about doing it, don't? Because it's a wrong motive. And it loses its value. Right? The gift, the gift's value is determined by not just the giver, but the way it is given. Amen? Many people say, well, they didn't receive that very well. I guess I won't get a good harvest of that. It doesn't matter how it was received. It matters how it was given. If you give it, and a week later, you look at them and say, what would you do with that $1,000 I gave you? Because you had in mind what you thought they should do with it. <laughs> Wrong again. <laughs> it wasn't your job. Your job was to give it, right? Not, not to decide what they're supposed to do with it. See, in our, in our humanness, we want not only to be a part of the giving, we want to play a part of how the gift gets used. Well, once you do that, it becomes an ungift. 
That's our word for the day, an ungift. And we don't want it to be an ungift, we want it to be a gift. Right? Because a gift with strings is not a gift. Right? It can, you call it a trade, call it a barter, call it whatever you want. <laughs> right? Like It's like if you've got a little kid and you're bribing them with candy to do the right things. Huh? That's not a gift. It's a trade. Right? I mean, we're, we're coming up on the holiday season. We'll have our annual Christmas trade. Right? Yeah. You guys, you guys know that, right? Oh, they got me a gift? Great. Back to the store. i got to get them something. I can't believe they bought me a gift. If I would have thought they were going to buy me a gift, I'd have got them a gift when I was there. It's not a gift now, guys. Why don't you just say, let's trade? Right? Wouldn't that just be easy? Because you took gift out of it. A gift has no strings. It is given out of love and out of a pure heart. If it has any ulterior motives, then it is no longer a gift. And it, and it, and it, it is valued by the motive it was given with. <laughs> right? Yeah. Why, why do we talk about this? I want my gifts to have the greatest value. Amen? People say, well, you know, when I'm giving in the offering, I only have this much to give. Your gift has as great a value as you, the giver, put on it. Because your heart will decide how big that gift is. Amen? People say, what are you talking about, Dave? Because the giver decides that. Not, it's, it's your heart that God's looking at. He, he doesn't look at the check. He doesn't look at the car you gave away. He doesn't look at the time you served. He didn't say, Woo! They were there eight hours today. Wow! They served and served. Man, they mowed. You know, and see, when I see that, immediately I'm like, Wow! Big gift. They love me. You know, or you might, they cleaned all day. They serve all the time. They serve, and they're happy the whole time they do it. You know what? What's in their heart? That, that's what God's looking at. He's not looking whether they're in the lobby picking leaves off the flowers or whatever. I don't know what the flower people are doing. They're always looking like this. Yeah. <laughs> you guys been up there? Gonna... You know, it must be good stuff because they're into it. You know, I've walked by them and they don't even say, hey, Dave. Yeah, but it's it's the, it's it's the heart in which you do it. If you do it unto the Lord because you love Him and because you know everything that is done for the kingdom of God has value, then that's the value He put on it. But if you do it so I can see you when I walk by you in the lobby, good news, you got your reward. <laughs> we don't like that, do you? If we do it. So we can tell somebody how much we gave. We've got a reward. Right? <laughs> Motives. Motives. Strings. We don't want them. Amen? Look at Matthew 5 8. We want to understand God. We want to understand why God does what God does because when you understand why God does what He does, you will start understanding love. 
And when you begin to understand love, then your motives become love. And see, everything God does is out of love and through love because He is love. Amen? So He never has a motive other than love. Right? The end of God's motive in everything He does is love. Think about this, John 3.16. For God so loved... It doesn't say, for the world so needed. Right? The world so needed God that He gave His only... No, He didn't give. And you know, many times we give because they so need. Not because we so love. People say, well, if you meet a need, don't you love them? I don't know. I can't tell you what's on your heart. Did you do it because you felt sorry for them? Did you do it because they made you feel sorry for them? Did they manipulate you to give it? Why did you do it? Did you do it because God said meet that need? I can't decide that. You decide by how you give. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. God so loved, He gave because He loved. We give because we love. Amen? No other reason. That's your reason. Now what it does beyond that is invaluable and infinite because love is unfailing. In other words, not only does love not fail, it never runs out. So it continues. Every, every work done in love has an infinite value. It continues on and continues on and continues on. Why do you think Jesus said that the lady that poured the, poured the uh, perfume on His feet, that that would be read forever? Huh? Gift given in love has infinite value. Amen? Amen. Gift given in love. We want to know this God. God said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5.8. What's He saying there? He said, Well, yeah, if you've got a clean heart, you'll get to heaven. No. No. He's saying, if you are thinking right, if your motives are pure, then you'll understand God. You'll understand what He's doing. You can't understand Him with ulterior motives. You can't understand Him if what you're doing is to manipulate something else. (laughs) Right? What, What He's saying is, I want you to be able to see Me. So I need you to have a pure heart so that you can see Me. Because without a pure heart, you'll see Him from a skewed position. Amen? Right? So, for instance, Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. If everything we do is from our heart, right? You believe from your heart, right? Right? You have faith in your heart. You hope in your heart, right? The, the love is in your heart. So the things of God come from your heart. Why did Jesus need to heal the brokenhearted? Because if everything is coming from a broken place... It has broken ways. When your broken heart is healed, you're now able to do things the way God was had them done. Amen. Amen. You've seen people that are hurt. Hurt, crushed in spirit. Not just hurt. Somebody didn't just hurt them. They're they're down. They're crushed. They can't see right. Why? Their heart's broken. When your heart's broken, you can't see right. Amen? Amen? But God came to heal the brokenhearted. You know? And I know David didn't mean it this way, but maybe he did. He said, my heart is fixed. 
He said it three different times in the book of Psalms. He said, my heart is fixed. Man, I, I want a fixed heart. Not just one that's fixed looking at the Lord, seeing the Lord, but fixed that He can use. A usable heart. Right? My heart is fixed. When we start seeing things, we want to say, my heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. That's what He said. My heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. My heart is fixed. I'll sing praises to His name. Why? A fixed heart can do that. Because it has no other motive than to praise His name. It has no other other motive than it loves Him and it believes in what He says He'll do for Him. A pure heart. Amen? Out of a pure heart come pure gifts. Amen? They have no other motive. And when they're given in that manner, their value is great. (laughs) Okay, let's look at somebody. Here we go. Second uh, Corinthians nine. We're not taking up another offering. Second <laughs> Corinthians nine and seven. What's it say in nine seven? It says, "Every man according to what he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity." What's he saying? Not because you have to, and not to manipulate a response. Okay, isn't that what it says? Not because you have to. And not just so you can get something else. Right? (laughs) For God loves a cheerful giver. Right? He doesn't even mention an uncheerful giver. You know why? Because there's no such thing. There's no such thing as an uncheerful giver. Why? Because somebody may have received, but you didn't give if you gave Grudgingly. Right? There's no such thing as an uncheerful giver. He says, as you purpose in your heart. So what needs to be really fixed? Your heart. Your heart needs to be pure. Your heart needs to have a good understanding of why you give. And and it needs to give out of love. Love for the person you're giving to. Love for the Lord that told you to give. And no other motive. People say, what about my harvest? Your harvest is God's. What did we just look at this morning? God gives the increase. You did your part when you watered and sowed. Right? It's not our job to make God do something. And you're not manipulating Him to do something when you give. Giving begets getting. It does. It's just the way it is. When we give, God will bless us. When we give. (laughs) What you purposed in your heart is what you gave. I don't care if you wrote a $100 check with a one cent heart. (laughs) Right? But what if you wrote a one cent check with a million dollar heart? What's the value of your check? Look, Look at the widow. Huh? What about the widow? Let's look at the widow. I have it in my notes somewhere in here. Oh, Mark 12. Mark 12, verse 41. 40. Verse 40. Mark 12, verse 40. Okay. Maybe not. Huh? 12:41. Yeah, go to 41 then. Yep. And Jesus said over against the treasury, he was at the, looking at the offering, like Brother Moore said, I'm sure nobody wants 
Brother Moore looking over the offering, right, when I get it? You know, how much you giving today? Let me see how much you get. But this is what he was doing. He actually was watching how much people gave. Amen? And he beheld many people that cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. Many people, rich people, were here, and they gave big offerings. In other words, they gave big valued offerings. Somebody gave, so, wow, this person gave $50,000. That's what it says, they gave much. We don't know how much much was in that day, but it says they gave much. Verse 42, and there came a, a certain poor widow, who, and she threw in two mites, which is a farthing. Which I don't know what either one of those two things are. <laughs> but I can tell you what, they don't even sound big. I mean, when you look at them on, in the verse, you're like, a mite. That's small. And a farthing. Whew. Even two mites, that's not very big. Put two together and you make a whole farthing. You still, it, it's itty bitty. Amen? So it's small. It is a small gift if you look at it as a mite and a farthing. Amen? Verse 43. And he called his disciples and he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, this poor widow has cast in more. What's he just say? He just said the value of her gift is greater than all the rich people's gifts put together. Guess her gift was thousandfold harvest, wasn't it? Man, if somebody gave fifty thousand dollars that day, her gift was worth more than that. If somebody gave a hundred thousand dollars that day, her gift was worth more than that. Right? Why? Because the way in which the gift was given. Amen. Because if you go on, it says it says this poor widow has cast in more than all the treasure. For they did cast in out of their abundance. In other words, they said, ah, yeah. I got an extra 60 here. Let's throw it in. An extra. An extra. I got, I got extra so I can give to God. <laughs> How many know extra on your plate is what you throw in the trash? Hmm? What did David say? He said, I don't want to give unto the Lord what I paid noth- what to cost me nothing. In other words, what's he saying? I'm not giving something without value. If you give it to me, it has zero value. When I give, I want it to have value. This widow, because of the way and with the heart in which she gave, her value, the value of her gift was greater than all the rich men in this offering that day. Why? Because her motive for giving it doesn't say what her motive was, but Jesus told you by calling her gift but huge. She gave because she loved the Lord. You know, a lot of people say, well, she was in need. She was given to get a harvest. No, she gave because she loved the Lord. It doesn't say that. You can't go there with that. She gave because she loved the Lord. And that gave that gift its ultimate value. When we begin our giving because we love the Lord first, right? And we love others second, then our gift already has the greatest value it can give. It doesn't matter what's on the amount at that point because God counts it on the the amount in your heart. (laughs) It's good, isn't it? Right? 
Because, you know, Brother Moore said this over and over. Everybody can give. And he's right. Everybody can give. Everybody has something. Whether it's a nickel, whether it's a dime, it doesn't matter. Its value is not in, it's not what the government says it's worth. Its value is in your heart as the giver. Why do you think God's gifts are so great? Because His heart is so pure. And He has no other motive than to love you. Jesus was the greatest gift ever given, and it was given because He loves you. And when we give for that same reason, our gifts have their greatest value, and they have eternal value. Think about this. The gifts you truly give into the kingdom of God will not stop when you leave this earth. They won't stop when you leave this earth. The gifts truly given into the kingdom of God will go on and on and they will produce fruit. Did, did the tree in your, in, the back, in your grandma's backyard die when she left? No, it's still producing acorns that you have to mow. Right? There are gifts given out of a pure heart that will have an eternal value and we want our gifts to have that kind of value. In truth, right? And so what are our two motives? Our two motives are we love the Lord. It's the first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul. And then everything that you get asked to do for the church, it's no longer a duty or a, or a job. It's the Lord asked me. And there's an excitement about it because you love the Lord. Amen? And when we give in the offering, we're not just giving because, oh, it's, it's offering time. No, because we love the Lord and we love others. Think about the rich young ruler. We talked about him last time I preached. Right? Rich young ruler runs up says, Lord, Lord, what, what must I do? What must I do to be saved? What, what, what can I do to, to inherit the kingdom of God? And, and Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. You know, don't, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie. Uh, honor your father and mother. He said, yep, I've done those. And he said, one thing you lack. And he could have said it like this. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and to love others as yourself. Because what did he say? He said, sell all that you possess and give. He didn't say, sell all you, all you possess and get rid of it. He said, sell all you possess and give. It's a bigger word than people think. Because the next, the next step he has to decide is, do I love the Lord? And, and when you love somebody, you trust them. Right? When you love the Lord, you trust what He tells you to do. And you don't trust Him like, oh, you mean i got to sell it all? And trust me, guys, I've done this. So I know how to do it. fact is, I even know the look. Let me show. Let me show it to you. She's asking me to give it all. You've got to have your hand like this. It's the only way it works. Man, this is so hard. I've got to give it all to the Lord and follow Him and... How will I pay my bills? You know, how am I going to make it tomorrow? What, 
What am I going to do when this doesn't happen? Every one of those things, first of all, is you are your source. You've now become your own source because how are you going to make it? Well, how are you going to make it? Well, if you're your source, eventually you're not going to. Trust me. I've not made it before because I was my source. And, and I'm not a good source. The bank of Dave, not good. Bank of Dave runs out. Runs out before the bills of Dave run out. That's what happens. People get, it's hard. And because why? Because you can follow all the other commandments. You can do the law. But if you don't follow the first and greatest, you can never be a giver. So that's what he said. He said, sell all that you have and give. Well, why? Because giving is the ultimate act of love. And he says, you know, people say, I wonder what that one thing was. He just couldn't, couldn't get past the money. No, he couldn't. It was not a money problem. It was a love problem. Right? It was a love problem. Now, he may have come back later. Everybody says, oh, that poor rich young ruler. You know what? For all we know, he turned around later and said, came right back. I didn't say. I'm believing the best. Right? God would. The fact is, Jesus said at the end of all that, when, when, the, when the disciples, they said, oh, rich people can't come in? Well, then who's coming? And Jesus said, hey, hey, settle down. With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. What's he's, he's speaking over that man's life that just left. He's speaking over his life. He's saying, with God, all things are possible. In other words, I'm not giving up on him. Right? Too many people would say, oh, they're rich. Forget it. They'll always trust in their money. God don't give up on nobody. There's your good English for the day. Amen? How's the gift given? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's what this widow was doing. That's what the rich young ruler couldn't do. Amen? Gifts given for the right... God's eyes are looking for hearts that are perfect towards Him. What's it say in, uh, when He's talking to Asa? When he's, actually, he's now mad at Asa. But Asa had done this. And he said, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth looking for someone whose heart is perfect towards Him. What's he saying? Pure. Holy towards Him. He likes wholehearted things. Half-hearted gifts are half-gifts. And a half-gift isn't a gift at all. Right? Here, let me give you half a $50 bill. I'm going to rip it in half. I'm going to give you half it. What? You got $25 there, right? Go to the store. Tell them it's worth $25. It's not, because you just ripped it in half. It's no longer a gift. And it it no longer has its value, because you ripped it in half. God likes whole hearts. Whole gifts. Right? He doesn't like divided things. He likes things that are one. And when our heart is one with Him, our giving is one with Him. Amen? Everybody wants to give that way, right? Right? Because why? Because that's, that's how the Lord blesses us. Because we are who we are. Look at Psalm 91. 
Psalm 91, verse 9. Psalm 91, verse 9. It says, Because he sits on the front row of the church. Oh, because he never misses church. Because he serves on the clean team. Because he smiles. Oh, because he reads his chapter every day. Huh? Because he's spiritual. And when he gives an answer, he says spiritual things that make him sound spiritual. (laughs) No. None of those doesn't say, but it does say because. It doesn't say if he makes me his refuge. It says because he has made the Lord, which which is my refuge, even the Most High, his habitation. Then what will he do for him? He'll do all kinds of things. He'll, there won't be any evil befall his dwelling. There won't no plague come near him. Angels will have charge. He won't even stub his toe. Why? Because he's made the Lord first place. Right? Everything he does is out of a heart for the Lord. The Lord is his refuge. The Lord is where he runs when things look bad. He doesn't run to the bank to get his money, then to the church with his money that he went to the bank to get. He runs to the church. Or the Lord. <laughs> wow, I can't even see that. There we go. <clears throat> no evil will be. Why? Because when we because and not if. If is the law. If you do this, this will happen. If you do this. You know, I, I used to do that with Ramsey. If you'll do this, this will. And the Lord stopped me. He said, Quit doing that. You're buying her. Right? So I quit telling her what she would get when she did it. Why? Because then when she did it, she got it, and it was more of a blessing. Why? Because because she did it, no evil befell her dwelling. Right? Because she did it, right? It no longer became an if, it became a because. Everybody with me? Look at the next verse. No, go down to 14. 14. It says, because he's a tither... Because he sows, because he serves, because he doesn't cheat, lie, or steal. Hey, people do this all the time. They expect that God should have protected them because of what they did, not because of who they are. I want him to protect me because of who I am. Okay? I'll use Ramsey again because she likes it when I mention her in service. It doesn't matter how bad she's been. She's my daughter, and I'm going to take care of her. I don't take care of her according to her works, but according to who she is. God does not take care of you according to your works. Tithing is not a work. It is an honor. Serving is not a work. It's an honor. You take the value out of it when you say, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I tithe, I give, and I still don't, I don't receive anything from God. Stop saying that. Quit looking for a reason why God should help you. God's going to help you without any reason at all. You know what His reason's going to be? Because I love you. And then when we go a little bit further and it says, because He loves me. God's saying this. He's saying, because He loves me, therefore I will deliver Him. What's He saying? He knows my love and He loves me. 
Right? He says, I'll deliver him. I'll set him on high. How do I know he knows his love? He says, because he has known my name. What is, na- what is God's name? His name is God, first of all, which is love. Yes. Yes. Amen? And he's saying, I've known the lo- he's known my love and he's loved me back. Therefore, I'll deliver him. He'll call on me and I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble and I'll honor him. Why? Because he's a tither? Because, he's, because he serves on the clean team? Because he works in the parking lot? Because, 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 because of all of the wonderful things he does? <laughs> Man, we have been on the Wizard of Oz the last few weeks, haven't we? You guys know that was the first color movie, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to have some somebody that'll do those things. I will. No, it's not because because of all the wonderful things he does. It's because of all the wonderful things God does. He's merciful and kind and gracious, and He is not looking for reasons not to bless you. And the reason He wants you to give is because it gives Him opportunity to give to you more. He gives Him opportunity to bless you with more than you could ever imagine when you give out of a right heart. When you give with pure motives. When you do your service unto Him with a whole and perfect heart. Not because later on you're going to say, well, I did this and they were a great person. I wonder why the Lord didn't heal them. Well, that's not why the Lord heals. It doesn't say in 1 Peter 2.24 that by His stripes He healed all the good people. Our goodness means nothing. Our love means everything. That doesn't mean you can go out and be bad, by the way. Because he who loves the Lord won't go out and be bad. People say, I love the Lord, I just can't stop sinning. (laughs) I tried that, it doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Everybody still with me? Why? Our gifts want our full value. We're, not, we're going to begin to give out of a heart of love. Love for Him, love for others, love for one another. It's how we're known. How many testimonies do we get in this church that, that, or that somebody on the outside saw something happen in here between two, two brothers and sisters and it changed their life? What was the value of that gift? What if somebody got saved because something God told you to do for someone else and someone got saved? That is eternal value, people. Well, I just wanted to bless them. Yep. Exactly. I just wanted to bless them. Well, you did. And God was able to take it and bring someone into the kingdom of God with your, the, your love between one another. Right? It's not, it's not enough... For me to go, Chad, man, I love you. I, I just love you, Chad. The world's, can you see me, world? I'm, I'm loving one another. Everybody look, because I want to be known as a Christian, and it says we'll be known by our love for one another. So, Chad, I love you. Man, I love you. Love, love, love you. Woo! Can you feel the love, man? Because I'm loving you right now. Huh? The world's going to look at you and say... That's whack. But when you act out of a heart of love 
and do something for your brother that has an eternal and infinite value without fail, and they see that, they're like, we don't even understand that. We don't know what that is, but we like it. We, we like that. We, that. That draws us. Everybody says things. What, what, what did, uh, what, what's it say in uh, Mark 7, 6? It says, Isaiah prophet, prophesied about hypocrites. It says, the people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You can say lots of things, but your heart's a doer. Your heart will act on what it believes. Your heart will act on the love in it. Right? And the Word will judge your, your action. Right? The Word of God will judge every action. What's it say in, in Hebrews 4.12? It's a judge of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In other words, it knows why you did what you just did. You know, it doesn't matter what you say. The Word knows why you just did it. Now, you may say right. You may say, I just gave that to him because I love him. The world will say, yep, he did. Sure did. I just I checked his heart. He did. And you may say, man, I just gave that $1,002 because I love them so much. And they go, no, he just wanted you to know you gave $1,002. And good news, I just gave him his reward. He feels real good. And that's what he's good. He feels good. Maybe he hadn't felt good all week, and now he gets to feel good for, what, two, three minutes. <laughs> right? Our motives mean everything to the value of the gift. How many people in here have been given a gift, and you knew strings were all over that thing when you got it? How, how, how much enjoyable, how, how, did you enjoy that gift? No. no, because it's not a gift. It's now something that binds you. Because somebody's always going to be checking you, asking you, and, and, or going back to you and say, well, you're not being very nice to me today. I guess you forgot I gave you this. And said, so not only did I forget it, you didn't give it. You, sometimes you wished you still had the check and said, oh, good news, I didn't cash it yet. Amen? Honor Him with more than your lips. In other words, don't just teach your kids to say thank you when they're given something. Teach them to be thankful. You know, how many times... <laughs> Boy. Don't only love me when I say something you like. Love me all the time. <laughs> but how many people... I've done it. I'm like, what do you say? Tell them thank you. <laughs> you didn't teach them to be thankful. You taught them that there's an, there is a response to a gift and it's got to be thank you. Why thank you? Because they gave to you out of love. I want you to be thankful for what you just got. Because God worked through them to you. You know, people say, sorry, I'm so sorry. I apologize. And then they go out and do the exact same thing that they just apologized for. <laughs> Why? They're honor, they're honor with their lips, but it's not in their heart to apologize. They're not apologetic or sorry. Right? <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. <laughs> it's an automatic response. Is it your heart? Do you really want me to be blessed? I told Kim one day we were somewhere, I forget, and I was walking out the door, and they said, Bye, glad to see you. And I said, You know, somehow I just didn't feel... <laughs> 
I, I don't feel like she was really glad to see me today. Why? Because she said it to the other hundred people that passed her right behind me. Maybe she was. What, what's true honor with your lips? When you're truly thankful unto God, when you truly praise His name because of who He is, not because I bring the sacrifice of praise. I must sacrifice my... Yes, sacrifice it. Sacrifice it willingly and gladly to the God that loves you and gave all for you. It's not... Oh, yeah. oh, we bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. You know what that was worth to God? Less than zero. And it was, that's its value to you. Because the true sacrifice of praise will bring up joy in your heart. It will surround you with peace. And it will cover you with love and change the atmosphere that you're within. You can walk in anywhere with the sacrifice of praise and change the circumstances in that room. Amen? Why? Because you, you took a heart, a perfect heart, into a place and God could use it. Why do you want your heart to be perfect? Because I don't want it just to be perfect in church. In church, it'll have its least value. In McDonald's later today is where it'll have its biggest value. Okay, I don't know if I'll go to McDonald's, but it sounds kind of good right now. I'm thinking Big Mac. Anybody ever think that? But wherever you are is where it'll have its greatest value because God's not going to stop working through you just because you're not in Faith Life Church. Amen? He's going to work through you where you're at. And where you're needed is where people don't know Him. And they can't see Him. And they don't understand Him. And people have told them bad things about Him. And you walk in with an unbroken heart, a fixed heart that God can use. Amen? And then your works have their greatest value. Amen? How many, how many want the precious stone works? Look at the verses just after the verse we looked at in offering today. Look at, at uh, um, uh, 1 Corinthians 3. It said, if any man, in verse 12, it says, If any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. I got, I got other names for them. Uh, wood, hay, and stubble is the stubble is makes me feel good. Fits, fits my schedule, and I like it. You ever see those people say, man, I'm going on a mission trip to Acapulco. Sure you are. Yeah. Go with the nicest part of the year, too, because more people will be there. <laughs> I'm sure Acapulco needs a missionary. We get a lot of volunteers for that one, too. Gold, silver, and precious stone is I love God. I love people and changes lives. Amen? When the fire hits those, they'll still be remaining. Not only will they still be there, they'll be refined. They'll be of more value than they were before the fire hit them. Gifts given, service given, works done for the Lord, when the fire tests them, they have greater value than when they were given. 
Gifts given out of a wrong heart, in a wrong way, at a wrong time, in a wrong place. Not right. How about that? An unpure heart. What happens to wood, hay, and stubble when the fire hits it? Not only does it burn up, it burns up faster than everything else. That's what you start a fire with. Right? Go get your hay and your stubble and your wood. That's how you start a fire. Ain't nobody saying, hey, go grab the gold and the silver and the rubies. We're going to start a fire. (laughs) Our works will be known. Amen? You want to see a precious gift? You want to see a precious stone? Let's close with this. Look at Luke 5.17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law all sitting by which were come out of every town. Man, Jesus drew people, didn't He? So they were come out of every town, Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present there to heal them. So apparently some of the doctors and the Pharisees and all them were sick. Because it says the power of the Lord was there to heal them. Amen? Good deal. They may get healed today. Let's see. Let's read the rest of the story. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with the palsy. And they sought by means to bring him in and lay him before him. You know what? They probably wanted to just see Jesus, so they went out, grabbed a man on a mat, said, you know what? This is how we'll get in, because he sees men on mats. You know what? This Jesus, he's a healer, so if we can just find a sick person, we'll get in. In other words, he was a ticket, right? You reckon that was their motivation? Man, we're, we're going to meet Jesus. All we've got to do is be sick. No. Find a sick person. Yeah. No. No. No, 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 no. That's not what they did, was it? I don't believe that one. I know I don't. I know it's not true. We can read the rest of the story. We can find out. They didn't go out and find a sick person. They, they had someone they loved, and they knew that love would heal him. Amen? So they were trying to take someone they love to love to get better. Amen? It says that uh, says they were bringing him in uh, to lay him before him. And when they could not find a way in, the, the, well, King James, and when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, too many people, can't get him in. Sorry. Sorry, man. Too many people. How many people do that? We tried. We did our best. We, did, we gave it all we had. Right? The old college try. Huh? Man, just people. You could have been healed today, but the people, I'm sorry. No. Their heart was greater than that. Amen? What? They were determined because of the heart within them. People just think, well, they were just determined because he was real sick. No, they were determined because they loved him and they knew he could get better. Their motivation for doing this was pure. How do I know? Go read on. said, when they couldn't find a way in, they could not find a way in, they went to the housetop. This was not their house. That's motivation, people. That's love. Right? It's not... We know He can get better. We're going to get Him in. 
when we're motivated by this love for others and this love for God, then we are unfailing. We will not quit. People that are motivated by the love of God don't have a stopping point. You know where our stopping point is? When everyone is saved. And then we'll all be in heaven, so it won't matter. They didn't have a stopping point. Why? Because they were motivated by love. And when love motivates you, you will tear a hole in someone else's roof. And so they tore a hole in the roof and they, they lowered it down and one person looked up. This, this room is full of Pharisees, doctors of the law, people, people that are supposed to know God. And Jesus looked up and He saw their faith. What? What? Their faith. Their faith motivated by love. Their faith in God motivated by love. Why? How how do you know? They tore a hole in the roof and lowered him down. You know how hard it would be, even if you had four helpers, to get somebody on a roof that's completely dead weight? Nothing was going to stop them. Their motivation was pure. Amen? Amen? That's good stuff. And Jesus saw their faith and looked down at the man and said, your sins are forgiven. And all the people in the room, instead of looking up and saying, man, they must love Him. Look at the love they had for that man. They looked at Jesus and said, you can't forgive sins. Where's their heart? And you know what? None of them got healed that day. But the one with the pure motives... The one that loved the people and loved the Lord, he, he walked out with his mat. As, as Brother Moore says, his mat walked out on him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Is that a good testimony of right motivations? That's what Christians can do for one another when we're motivated rightly. What's it? First Thessalonians 1 and 3 in the Amplify says, Recalling unceasingly before our God and, the Father, and Father your work energized by faith, your service motivated by what? Love. Love. Not motivated by, I'm going to use this later, it's not a bank account. Lord, I served. So I've got, got to draw on this bank account because I served. So because I served, I'm going to need you to do this. No, you're... you're Motivated by what? Love. Your desire was to see the kingdom of God advanced. People helped. Amen? Our desire is always got to be... And our unwavering hope. We have love, faith, and hope. Those are the things that motivate us. And those are the things that our motivation works through. Amen? It works through love. What do you say in 1 Corinthians? We will really end with this one. 1 Corinthians 14 says, Follow the way of what? Love. Follow the way of love. What's he saying? Everything you do, do it the way of love. Every, because of love. It's not just... It, the way of love is dwelling within it. Right? Everything you do is now motivated by this love and through this love and, and in this love. Amen? And he said, follow the, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Why? Because he knows if you'll follow love, your spiritual gifts now have their greatest value. Without love, a spiritual gift has zero value. With love, with love, you can prophesy over somebody and help them. 
with love. You can lay hands and heal with love. Not so people can see you lay hands and heal because you have love and you want them healed. With love, our gifts have value. Spiritual, physical, every way. Love is our value. Amen? Everybody stand up. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. How many are motivated by love in here? How many want to give with a pure heart, knowing you may never, you will never see the end reward of your gift? You won't. Because it will continue on forever and ever. It will have no end. Everything done in love, done right, is a precious stone. And everything we do for the Lord with the right heart is a precious stone in someone else's life and in this earth. And its value will, will last. And how many know when it's a really precious stone, years from now, it's worth way more than it was when it was first found. Amen? Glory to God. You got a song?